0: Welcome to the Senedd podcast. These are the First Minister's questions. Thank you for listening.
1: To order and the first item on our agenda this afternoon is questions to the First Minister and the first question is from Caroline Jones.
2: what steps is the Welsh Government taking to protect and enhance biodiversity in South Wales West?
3: Uh, thank the member for that question. The Welsh Government supports a wide range of measures to protect and enhance biodiversity in South Wales West. To provide just one example, at Kenwick Burrows we are investing £428,000 to restore complex sand dune ecosystems supporting scarce and specialised species such as orchids and songbirds.
2: Thank you, First Minister. Um, with my region home to one of the last remaining colonies of the Fenrath spider, and as the species champion for this rarest of British spiders, I take a keen interest in preserving the biodiversity of South Wales West. My region is also home to one of the greatest examples of sand dune habitat in Europe the kenfig national uh, nature reserve as you just mentioned first minister in just a few short months these 1300 acres of managed coastal sand dunes and wetlands uh, will be potentially left without any management brightend council walks away from running uh, the nature reserve on new year's eve and a lease uh, for its future management is yet to be signed. Um, it is vital that the Ken- Kenfig Na- Na- uh, National Nature Reserve is property managed going forward in order to protect this vital part of our natural heritage and an important part of the nation's biodiversity. First Minister, please can you update us on progress being made by NRW to take on the long-term lease uh, for the Nature Reserve and the steps uh, they will take to protect the many rare species of plants and animals which call Nature Home.
3: Uh, well, thank the member for that supplementary uh, question and for the work uh, that she does as the species champion for the Fen Raft Spider. Uh, as she says, there are only a tiny cluster of sites in South Wales now that support uh, that spider and it's a good example of why urgent action is needed to reverse the decline in species and in biodiversity across Wales. Uh, of course Karen Jones is right as well to point to the importance of uh, the dunes and the ecosystem that it supports in the Kenfig Burrows uh, area. as I pointed to Investment that the Welsh Government is making, nearly half a million pounds there, but that's only part of what we are doing with others in that part of Wales. The Sustainable Management Scheme, the Dunes to Dunes project, another £312,000 focusing on the landscape between Kenwick Burroughs and Merthyr Mawr Warren, Again, a place where we are managing dunes habitat to improve biodiversity and to provide benefits to the local community. Uh, I know that NRW and Bridgen County Borough Council are working together to make sure uh, there is a long-term plan to create a resilient ecological network in that part of Wales, just as we are in so many other parts of our very beautiful nation
4: also um, with i'm sure you'll th- uh, join me in thanking them the many volunteers who love the Kenfig Reserve and who have contributed countless hours of their time uh, to it and of course have challenged the trust the donors uh, the site about its future um could i also just take this chance to thank uh, as is christmas uh, the environment minister and nrw for their correspondence and engagement on this over the uh, recent months However, I've got to say it seems unlikely to me that NRW will have themselves the capacity to deal with the daily operational uh, control uh, of this site and will probably need partners in the future. But can you tell me what your expectations of NRW during this period are likely to be, um, whether you'll be offering them any one-off, hun- uh, one-off funding or supporting uh, additional human resource for this important task? And do you have any advice for the trust that actually owns uh, this site about permitting income generation uh, there so that it can contribute towards the cost of conservation?
3: Thank you. Uh, Thank the Member. Uh, For that, my expectation of NRW is that it will proceed in the way that we expect things to be done in Wales and that is in close conversation and partnership with both other public bodies and, uh, as Susie Davis has said, with those voluntary organisations and the many volunteers who provide their time to them in that part uh, of Wales. We want NRW to engage with those organisations, with the other public authorities, to come up with a plan that will deal with the management of this very important uh, ecosystem well into the future. And that is the way that NRW are used to doing things. Whether it is the large-scale investment of the sort that we've already uh, described at Kendrick Boroughs, or whether it's in the work that they do supporting very local community groups through the landfill disposal community scheme in the member's own area, £8,000, right at the other end of the scale to save Prior's Meadow, one of Gower's last remaining, historic Hay Meadows. The approach that we take right across the spectrum is, as Susie Davis said, to recognise the contribution that those local groups and those local volunteers uh, make, and then to work with public authorities to maximise the contribution that we can make in that sort of partnership.
5: David Rees. Yeah,
1: David. First Minister, obviously the dunes is one ecosystem, but another asperity of the ecosystem is the forest trees, and particularly in the Avon Valley, where we see many trees being felled by the NRW because of various circumstances. But do you agree with me that when harvesters come in and are contracted to fell those trees, they should remove all of the trees because there are many tree stump tree logs left in the Avon Valley, left on the ground, just simply rotten when they could have been used for biomass for example and we could then replant more safely because once logs on the ground you can't replant properly and when are we replanting the whole of the, the, the system because it is crucial if we going to fell trees, we replant trees so we can keep on building the ecosystem up.
3: Well thank David Rees for that, he's right of course to point two the real impact in the Avon Valley of Larch disease uh, and that has resulted in the need for felling of trees uh, in that forest. Um, We know that leaving some uh, trees uh, to rot to provide uh, habitats for insects and others is important but that's a minority of course and as he says other uh, trees that have been felled need to be removed and dealt with in other ways. I think it's very important, we uh, that in the Avon Valley, the replanting, the restocking of that area provides a resilient forest for the future. And that's why NRW has taken the opportunity in the Avon Valley to restock the area with a diverse range of trees. We understand that sort of mono-planting of just single species leaves those areas vulnerable when disease strikes. To provide resilience, you need a wide range uh, of different species, and that will make sure that we won't have a repetition of some of the species attacks that we've seen in parts of our woodland, not just with larch, but with other arch and ash and other uh, species across Wales.
1: Question two was withdrawn. Question three, heaven,
3: David.
6: Will the First Minister make a statement on efforts to improve bus services in Wales?
3: Uh, thank the member for that, Clowyd. Once again this year, despite continued cuts to our budget, the Welsh Government has provided £25 million in bus services support grant to assist local authorities in sustaining and improving bus services across Wales.
6: Last uh, uh, this summer, we had uh, the news from Stagecoach that so they plan to discontinue the number 25 service, which runs from Caerphilly to. Uh, the Heath Hospital via Thornhill Crematorium. After working with more than 300 residents and Wayne David, uh, we managed to persuade Stagecoach to reinstate the service on an hourly basis from January uh, as a six-month trial. Uh, It was uh, the the outcome was the uh, result of pressure from uh, residents and from my office. We want to see that uh, service continued indefinitely. We've also managed to get the stagecoach to provide a service to the Heath Hospital from the Caffilly constituency. But I've also had contact from residents in St. Henidh, in Bedwas, and in Nelson about services connecting Cross Valley and connecting to rail stations. So, my question to you, First Minister, is what are your longer term plans um, in the year ahead for bus services that will enhance public service in the Caffilly constituency?
3: Well, thank and uh, David for that and want to congratulate. Uh, him for the campaign that he helped to lead in Caerphilly which has resulted in the restoration of the 25 bus service connecting Caerphilly on an hourly basis with the University Hospital uh, of Wales. Uh, It's not a surprise to learn of his effectiveness there working with Wayne David. Uh, I see this week that an independent assessment of the availability of public representatives to their local communities right across the United Kingdom, put Wayne David at the very top of that list. The Member of Parliament that provided the most available and accessible service to his constituents. Six Labour MPs from Wales in the top 20 across the United Kingdom, no surprise uh, there uh, either, and it's no wonder to me that the Member here working with Wayne David has had the success uh, that he has had. Uh, he I know will want to uh, congratulate Stagecoach as well uh, on the recent award of funding that it has had for 16 electric buses and those will all be uh, stationed at their Kafili uh, depot. Uh, our plans uh, for the future uh, shall so recognise uh, the change in the way that bus travel will be organised in the future. Uh, bus travel, we believe, will become a demand-responsive service in many parts of Wales. Uh, Pembrokeshire have already begun their pilot service from September of this year. We will have our first urban-responsive transport pilot in Blaenau Gwent yeah. beginning in the middle of 2020. That's all funded from the Welsh Government's £24 million local transport fund, and we will bring forward a bus bill to the floor of this Assembly during the remainder of this assembly term. It will provide local authorities and transport for Wales with powers to intervene in the provision of local bus services, reversing the negative impacts of Tory deregulation and allowing our public authorities to make sure that the very significant public investment that is made in bus services in Wales is used to make sure that those bus services are provided in the public interest.
7: Russell George. Uh, First Minister Powys County Council has had to reduce uh, public transport networks uh, considerably in recent years. Uh, With the continued strain on uh, social care and the well-being agenda, I wonder if you recognise the importance of public transport, especially in rural uh, Wales? I can ask what your government is doing to support local authorities to ensure that all people in rural communities across Mid-Wales have access to key services to allow them to have fulfilled lives.
3: Uh, Well, of course, we recognise the importance uh, of bus services in rural uh, areas. Powys County Council has chosen yeah. to reduce the support that it provides for bus services under the strain of austerity, which means that our local authorities have to make invidious choices in every part uh, of Wales, because if there is less money from his government to invest in public services in Wales, then of course local authorities end up making... Those uh, decisions It's not a poor answer, it is a poor service that Wales has from his party and his government and his residents in Powys find themselves on the receiving end of it.
1: Thank you very much, Llywyd. With funds so scarce for improving bus services, it was no surprise that there was huge disappointment and harsh criticism when it became clear that the Transport Minister had personally intervened to ensure funding for a bus service in his own constituency. I now understand that the Minister has referred himself to the First Minister to inquire into the suggestion that he has broken the ministerial code. Can the First Minister tell us whether he has completed that inquiry and what his conclusions were? If not, when will that work be done? Because people need to know that there is full transparency in the way that funds are spent on bus services and that those funds are spent in entirely fair and equitable part in in all parts of Wales.
3: I that this has been referred to me under the ministerial Code. I will conclude my investigations in the normal way, and the member will be better off waiting to see the results of that.
1: Questions now from the party leaders. Leader of the Opposition, Paul Davis.
8: Uh, Shrewd, uh, first Minister, in the very first meeting of the National Assembly for Wales, the then First Minister or First Secretary, Alan Michael, said that we must deliver three things for Wales. First, we must deliver a better life for the people of Wales. Secondly, we must deliver a sense of unity and purpose, and thirdly, we have to deliver a new confidence in ourselves, in Wales, and in political life. First Minister, Welsh Labour have run the Welsh Government for over 20 years. On, re- on reflection, can you honestly say that the challenge set by Alan Michael has been met?
3: Well, it I can say very confidently that despite having to deal with a decade of his party's austerity with everything that has done to undermine the prospects of a better life here in Wales, despite the disunity that his party has spread with their policies of inequality uh, and despite their attempts to run down Wales at every opportunity that they have, that of course a Welsh Labour government has invested in a better life for people here in Wales, better economic prospects, better public Services, A country that faces the future with a greater degree of self-confidence and sense of purpose quite certainly that we did back in 1999 and all of that is a tribute to what successive Welsh Labour-led governments have achieved here in Wales.
8: Minister, you might think things have improved under your party's stewardship, but the people of Wales certainly don't think so. In fact, the outcomes point to nothing but failures when you look at our ed- NHS, our education system and our economy. First Minister, under your party, a waiting times are the worst on record. The Welsh NHS has been the only part of the UK to see its budget cut. This year's PISA results confirm that Wales is yet again the lowest performing country within the UK for all subjects. We're still at the bottom of the list of the UK for GVA per head. You've failed to get a grip of the housing crisis and actually build enough houses here in Wales. You've failed to meet any of its targets to eradicate fuel poverty. Welsh farmers are facing over-regulation and a lack of action on bovine TB. And our cash-strapped local authorities are struggling to make ends meet What a record of delivery, First Minister. If Wales continues under your party's leadership, you'll still be dithering on the M4 and you'll still probably be working on the heads of the Valley Road when the <laughs> Assembly has its 30th anniversary. First, mini- First Minister, like your, like your Health Minister has bragged in the past, are you proud of your record of delivery and will you now accept that you failed to deliver a better life for the people of Wales?
3: Uh, uh, Llawid, I think the Member would need to practise his dump speech A few more times in order to get it completely fluent Um, he's right he was right wasn't he we are cash starved here in Wales why are we cash starved because of the policies that his government has pursued a decade a decade of destruction by his party here in Wales, and despite all of that, despite the cancellation of electrification of the mainline, despite his party's failure to invest in the Swansea Bay Tidal Lagoon, despite the fact that our budget is lower a decade later than it was when his party came into power, our NHS treats more patients, more quickly, more successfully than at any time in its history. I know they don't like it when we say, it, but that's just the facts of the matter. More patients, more quickly more successfully than at any time in its history, including the member's constituents. Yes, she doesn't like it, but it's true. Our, our education service, we saw it last week, he didn't have a good word to say for the children of Wales last week. or their teachers or all those people who have succeeded in making our teaser results the only part of the United Kingdom where Results have gone up in all three domains in our PISA uh, tests. That's an achievement of our young people and our teachers here uh, in Wales, and he mentioned the economy. Has he not seen the figures published today of what his party is achieving at the UK level? Not a scintilla of growth in the UK economy in the last month or in the last quarter. Contraction in construction contraction in manufacturing. At the end of a decade of his party's stewardship of the UK economy, we find ourselves at the bottom of every league there is going.
8: Let me me remind the First Minister why the UK Government in 2010 had to reduce uh, spending because your party colleagues destroyed our economy and left us and left us with a black hole of 150 billion pounds. I know the Labour Party don't like uh, the truth, but that is uh, the truth. Because let me remind the let me remind the first. I, I
5: I I do know it's two days before UK general election, and I was expecting. Quite a bit of noise this afternoon, but this is taking it a bit too far now. Can we hear the Leader of the Opposition in a bit of silence?
8: And let me remind the First Minister, it was Liam Byrne, the former Labour Chief Financial Secretary to the Treasury, who left that note and said that there was no money left. His words, not my words. And I have to say to you first, I have to say to you First Minister, your lack of humility when it comes to genuine scrutiny of your government's record is absolutely frightening. And it gives us a real snapshot of life if the UK Labour Party ca- came into power under Jeremy Corbyn and John McDonnell. Now of course, now of course in less than 48 hours the people of Wales will take to the polling stations to vote for the next UK Government. Now, your party calls its manifesto standing up for Wales, but the reality couldn't be further from the truth, could it? You're completely at odds with the people of Wales when it comes to Brexit. We're facing the prospect of an unaffordable four-day-a-week, and you yourself have confirmed that tax rises would come under a UK Labour government. First Minister, in your last FMQs of 2019, just over 20 years after the first FMQs were asked and answered. Will you now commit to genuinely standing up for the people of Wales and representing their wishes and start delivering a new confidence in Wales and in politics?
3: That way, the member refers to a lack of humility. Did he see his Prime Minister yesterday? Did he see him? Uh, asked to look at the picture of a child Lying on the floor of an NHS hospital in England, where he refused to look at it, uh, where he refused to say anything about the plight of that child. Don't talk to us here about humility. Talk about humanity just for a moment and the utter lack of humanity that his leader showed at that moment, demonstrating absolutely why he does not have the trust of people in Wales or people across the whole of the United Kingdom. This party stands up for Wales. This party stands up for Wales in the face of every onslaught that his party performs. We stand up for people faced with the fear and the horror of universal credit. We stand up for the people of Wales where they have to deal with the consequences, the deliberate consequences, of his party's policies that will create 50,000 more children in poverty here in Wales. We stand up for those people who go in every day to our public services, starved, to quote the leader of the opposition, cash starved by his party, to try and make those services as good as they can possibly be. We stand up for the people of Wales, and that's why, in 20 years of devolution, the people of Wales, in every election that they have been asked the question, have chosen to put the future of this country in the hands of the Labour Party, and that's what they'll be doing again on Thursday of this week.
5: Are we
1: c- Leader replied, Cymru, Adam Price.
0: First, uh, First Minister, how, how much money is being handed over to private sector management consultants to try and fix the Welsh
3: NHS? So, uh, if no money is handed over to private consultants, when we take the advice, for example, of the Public Accounts Committee here, urgently, urgently. Uh, to employ additional assistance for our health boards we take that advice and the money that we spend in securing that advice is a fraction an absolute fraction of what is used elsewhere in the united kingdom
0: uh, first minister we both agree that uh, creeping privatization is a threat to the nhs the, sur- the surprising thing perhaps is that that threat uh, in part comes from you you're funding a management consultancy gravy train at a time when frontline staff and services like A&E are stretched to breaking point. Perhaps I can help you out with some of the fig- uh, figures, First Minister. Freedom information requests have revealed the Big Four consultancy um, firm PwC were paid £335,000 for 12 weeks' work to deal with winter pressures in Betsy Cadwallader. Don't you think that money would have been better spent on more doctors, nurses and social carers to manage the winter crisis rather than pen pushers with PowerPoint
3: presentations? Uh, I think, uh, as we see, uh, the member works uh, hard overnight to produce his spontaneous additional questions uh, on a Tuesday. Uh, This government needs no lessons uh, in keeping the private sector out of the health service here uh, in Wales. Under the Labour Party, the NHS in Wales goes on being publicly funded, publicly provided, provided with the essence of the public service ethos, which is what brings people into work in our NHS every single day. Where we need to reinforce the efforts of those people, by getting assistance to make sure that our systems are as good as they can be, that the support is there for them, we do that. Uh, I make no apology at all for doing that because it allows us to make sure that our NHS goes on being what the BMA said in the British Medical Journal recently, the Welsh NHS remains the closest to the founding spirit of an Iron Bevan of any NHS in the United Kingdom.
0: First Minister, that that same freedom of information uh, disclosure uh, uh, also revealed that some of these management consultants in North Wales are being paid up to £1,000 a day, which is more than most nurses earn in a week. Now, let me present one more sobering statistic that points to your mismanagement of the NHS in North Wales. Um, PwC are being engaged by you to cut costs or, is, as it's euphemistically known, fine efficiency savings, you put them on a pay-as-you-cut contract that will see 11% of any so-called saving paid back to them in a bonus. Now, don't you agree with Unison which said of the identical practice in England that instead of filling the pockets of management consultants this money could have been better spent improving services for patients when are you going to stop doing in wales what your party is promising to stop in this election in the country next door
3: so if this government invests record amounts of money in our health service The rise in investment in the health service in Wales last year was faster than any other part of the United Kingdom. In return, we expect our health boards to manage that money with the best possible results, because that are the results that Welsh patients expect. And while the NHS in Wales is in our hands, then patients in Wales know that here they go on having free prescriptions. Here we have nurse bursaries. We don't need, as his party does, to put in their manifesto that they are going to restore something that they were responsible for cutting. Here we never cut it uh, at all. Here patients have free parking in their hospitals. We don't need to put it in our manifesto here because Welsh patients already have that. Welsh patients understand. So it. Welsh patients in North Wales uh, understand. Welsh patients in North Wales understand that this Labour government invests in providing them with a service of the sort that they recognise. Satisfaction rates in the North Wales NHS went up last year in both primary and secondary care. The leader of the op- Plaid Cymru. Uh, thinks that he's clever to shout at me about his question. What his question does is what he does as he trails around the television studios, which is to run down uh, <laughs> Wales. Uh, his party, the party of parts of Wales, uh, those parts that they think it's <laughs> worth putting up uh, candidates to to vote for them. Uh, his partial uh, response in that uh, area is typical of his response Altogether, The Welsh NHS is safe in the hands of the Labour Party, recognised by patients across Wales, in North Wales and in every part of Wales.
5: Of
1: we play
9: Brexit. Mark. Of the Brexit Party, Mark Reckless. Uh, First Minister, you and the Welsh Government have been influential as your party's policy on the EU referendum has evolved from saying you would respect it to doing the reverse. You claim the second referendum you want... No because you don't like the result of the first, would be between a credible leave option and remain. Can you confirm that what you call a credible leave option would be remaining in the EU customs union, remaining part of the EU's single market, and remaining subject to the EU's freedom of movement? Wouldn't that be a rigged referendum between remain and remain?
3: Uh, well, thank the member for his question. He, he is a guide to us on the evolution of political positions, having evolved his way around this chamber uh, a number uh, of times. Of course, he believes that nobody else should be allowed to change their mind, while he changes his mind uh, with significant regularity. Uh, uh, in a referendum, and the only way, that people in Wales will ever get to have a second referendum is by voting Labour on Thursday. In that second referendum, there will be a uh, viable leave option offered to people, in which we will, to the regret of many of us, uh, if we were to do that, we would have left the political institutions of the European Union, we would no longer be members uh, of the European Union, but we would not do it in a way that guarantees damage to our economy, to jobs, to our future prospects.
9: Uh, First Minister, I've always backed Brexit as you try to block Brexit, as well as looking to rig the question for a second referendum. Has Welsh Government led the way for your party to rig the franchise? You lost your majority at the last Assembly election, and you continue to lose traditional support. Rather than listening, learning and changing your policies, you've instead decided to follow East Germany's Bertolt Brecht by changing the electorate. Can you confirm that UK Labour... Can you confirm that UK Labour is following the Welsh Government here too? As you lost on the current franchise, would your rigged referendum give the vote to 16-year-olds, EU nationals and prisoners?
3: Uh, shall we, I, I, I tried to listen hard to the question because I really wasn't following it uh, uh, at all. Uh, Where is the member uh, correct? He's correct in this. Only a vote for the Labour Party will put this deeply divisive decision back in the hands of the people where we believe it belongs. Uh, In that referendum, the party and the government that I lead will campaign to remain, as we're entitled to do. Just as he will campaign to persuade people uh, to leave, we will campaign to persuade people that our future is better off in the European Union. Do I think that 16-year-olds should have a vote in that election? I certainly do, because it is their future and the future of young people and the future of generations to come that would be at stake in such a referendum. Those young people deserve a chance to make their voice heard, to be persuaded by him or by me, because it is their future that will be at stake in any such choice.
10: Question...
1: Question four, Marcus Shore. Uh,
10: how is the Welsh Government supporting staff in the Welsh NHS?
3: How uh, is the Welsh Government supports NHS staff through increased professional education and training, prioritising recruitment and retention, and taking action to ensure that health and well being is valued and protected in the workplace?
10: Uh, thank you. Well, uh, last week, uh, four, nearly four years after the Nurse Staffing Level Wales uh, Act received royal assent, your Health Minister issued a short statement stating only that the All Wales Nurse Staffing Programme is driving the exploratory work of extending the 2016 Act. Um, at the end of last month, the Royal College of Nursing in Wales launched its progress and challenge report on the implementation of the Act which said the nursing workforce in Wales is facing a national crisis, the high number of vacancies estimated by them at around 1600 minimum, are compounded by greater shortages in the care home sector and the prospects of significant losses to retirement over the next five to ten years. How therefore does the Welsh Government do you respond uh, to the questions they pose for the Welsh Government in the context of North Wales? Uh, how are you monitoring, uh, how, um, how are the special measure arrangements for Betsy Cadwald University Health Board monitoring and supporting the Board to be compliant with the Act? Will you increase student nursing numbers as the Health Board has requested and will you support the placement of non-commissioned student nurses from Glyndour University uh, as the Health Board uh, has requested?
3: Thank the Member for the question. I attended the uh, RCN uh, event to celebrate the passing onto the Statute Book of the Safe Nurse Staffing Act here in Wales and everything that has been done since to make sure that there are the right number of nurses in the right set of circumstances on every ward. They welcome the fact that the Minister is progressing to make the impact of that act felt in new uh, settings. Uh, I spoke with uh, many nurses that evening, uh, Llawydd. I spoke particularly to a group of nurses from North Wales who told me how much more difficult their lives are made by the persistent criticisms uh, of that board, particularly from members uh, of the party opposite, how that does make it more difficult to recruit and retain people in that health. But those are the words of nurses talking to me. I'm just telling you what they said about your party and its impact on their daily uh, working lives. Uh, Here in the Welsh Government, we have increased uh, nurse training places by 89% since we began our six-year journey of increasing every single year the amount of investment that we make in the training of medical and professions allied to medicine here uh, in Wales. We deal every day with the impact that Brexit is having. Another party uh, policy of his party, particularly an impact in North Wales, where staff that were recruited to come and work here in Wales from the Republic of Ireland and in Spain have felt the chill of his party's Brexit rhetoric and have decided to make their futures elsewhere rather than here uh, in Wales. And that is particularly the case, Flawid, in the care home sector, to which the Member made reference in his uh, his question. The impact of Brexit in our care home sector, whether that is nurses who are qualified, whether it's in care home uh, staff, will be real and felt in the lives of people here uh, in Wales. We go on doing everything we can through our Train Work Live uh, programme and everything else to make sure that we have the staff we need here in the Welsh Health Service. It's not helped by many of the things that we get told on the floor of this assembly by him and his party.
5: Helen Mary Jones, oh, you. Gioed.
11: I'm sure the First Minister will agree with me that one of the key factors for any workforce to feel safe and supported (laughs) is if they feel that there are proper systems in place to enable them to effectively raise concerns. If they see something that they feel is wrong, if they see practices that they don't feel are safe, if they see that there are practices that they don't feel are respectful and effective. Uh, I'm sure the First Minister will be aware that there are concerns that our current practices here in Wales are not sufficiently independent and those concerns are raised by both parents and families and also by professional organisations. Can the First Minister uh, say whether or not he is convinced that we are putting the right steps in place here in Wales to ensure that staff can be supported when they raise concerns? And will he undertake to have a further discussion with the Minister for Health to reassure himself that there, that there is no more that we can do to ensure that concerns are raised safely, uh, more that we can do and that are not currently doing?
3: Uh, well, I entirely agree, Chloe, with what Helen Jones has said about the importance of a culture in our public services and in the health service, that people who have concerns know that when those concerns are raised, they will be listened to respectfully. They will be regarded as having the expertise that people who work in the services at the front line have when they see things uh, that they believe are going wrong or could be done in a better uh, way. When I was the health minister working with Born get we jointly uh, commissioned Keith Evans to produce the gift of complaint uh, report. Uh, Keith Evans, as you know was a very senior executive in Panasonic uh, and he brought to the NHS that sense of how if someone has taken the trouble whether it's a member of staff or a patient if they have taken the trouble to let you know about their experience and how they think things should be put right, you should regard that not as a complaint to be worried about but as a gift that that person is making to you, because it is their contribution, as people tell you time after time uh, in Wales, if they make such uh if they take such an action, it's in order to make sure that somebody else doesn't experience something that they have seen or they themselves have gone through. And of course we keep that uh under review. We're going to be reviewing the Putting Things Right uh policy over the, the coming months and the Health Minister and I regularly uh, discuss ways in which we can do what we can to create the sort of culture to which Helen Mary Jones referred.
5: Mandy Jones.
12: First Minister, we all know the pressure the NHS staff are under, especially at this time of year. Another Christmas and Betsy Cadwaladr remains still under special measures. Will the North Wales Health Board still be under your government's control and supervision next Christmas?
3: Well, I'll answer that question this time next year. Question,
13: pimp, Lynn
3: question
1: 5, Lynn Eagle.
13: Discussions as the First Minister had with the Minister for Health and Social Services about reducing waiting times for surgery for pancreatic cancer in
3: Wales. Uh, so I thank the minister, the Member for that. The Minister for Health and Social Services has made a commitment to consider the introduction of a rapid access model to treat pancreatic cancer. Discussion of these matters has already been held with the Wales Cancer Network.
13: Thank you First Minister, following our very well supported uh, cross party debate on this, I was contacted last week by um, a lady who just had a diagnosis last week of pancreatic cancer but told she would ha- was, had been told she would have to wait two months for surgery she was upset and shocked by that her husband was understandably very angry and I really felt for both of them because we know that pancreatic cancer is one of the most lethal cancers and really needs to be treated within um, 21 days. I'm very grateful for the update that you've just provided and that you are already taking action following the debate that we held here. Um, but what assurances can you give that in the interim, while we look at that rapid access issue, that we also look at urgently commissioning operations across the border in England for patients who are well enough to be able to make that journey to have their operation in a timely way?
3: Uh, thank uh, Lynne for that supplementary question. And of course, she is right that pancreatic cancer is one of the cruelest uh, of cancers that... Early diagnosis of it is particularly difficult because of the vague symptoms, as they call it, here, in the clinical world that it tends to uh, present with. Uh, and she will know uh, as well that even when early diagnosis is possible, uh, a significant proportion of patients who are suitable for surgery also have jaundice at that point in the, uh, the illness's uh, path. Which has to be treated before the surgery uh, can take place. So there are some real clinical challenges in dealing with, clini- uh, with uh, pancreatic cancer through surgery. Uh, so we've got two issues to deal with here uh, in Wales. There is the current pathway to which Limyra uh, referred, and she'll be uh, pleased. Uh, I know that Swansea Bay Local Health Board uh, is aiming to recruit a fourth pancreatic. Uh, surgeon to increase operating theatre capacity from two all day sessions at present to three all day uh, sessions uh, in the future. That they are expanding their clinical nurse specialist workforce at the same time. While that is happening, they are already referring patients across our border to capacity elsewhere, and that patients from Wales who've been offered surgery, for example, at King's, Co- King's College Hospital. Uh, In London, patients have already accepted this offer and undergone surgery uh, there. So there is work to do and more work to do in making sure that the current pathway works to the maximum extent and then there is, as I know the member discussed during the debate that we held here just a week or so uh, ago, the latest advice from the National Institute of Clinical Excellence, producing an evidence appraisal earlier this year so that surgery can be offered more quickly to patients whose cancer is detected at the earliest uh, stage. That is the discussion that has already been held with the Wales Cancer Network since that debate uh, took place. The Minister is meeting next week with the Wales Cancer Alliance and the UK Pancreatic Cancer Charity is part of that uh, alliance. They have been very supportive of the single cancer pathway that we've developed uh, in Wales, and we will now be looking to see ways in which that latest nice advice can be incorporated into the way that that single cancer pathway is being developed. David Melding. Um,
14: First Minister, Pancreatic Cancer UK has said it's disappointing to see that the Welsh Government refuses to acknowledge the fact that pancreatic cancer is a cancer emergency whereas the other UK governments have accepted that, uh, the, uh, that and the need to act faster when there is a clinical need. Now, I do welcome what you've just said, because it does seem quite a change in em- emphasis in terms of ra- rapid access uh, to surgery. But it's a general approach that we need, because this is a relatively common cancer, and uh, the prognosis remains know really uh, very disappointing uh, whereas uh, in the last 40 years many other common cancers uh, have uh, re- you know, increased the, the the survival time and the chance indeed of going to you know permanent remission that's what we need and I do hope that this is the the first uh, step you're making to really focus on pancreatic cancer so that it is brought to the same sort of level that we have in fairness achieved for other common cancers.
3: I will thank the member uh, for that. The Welsh Government absolutely does recognise the significance of pancreatic cancer and the challenge that is faced in providing successful treatment uh, for it. In the middle of the first decade of devolution, survival rates at one year for pancreatic cancer in Wales were 18% in the middle of this decade, they were 28%. Now, 28% is still at the bottom end of what other cancers are able to achieve, but is nonetheless a 10% increase in one-year survival rates within a decade. And if you are able to detect pancreatic cancer at stage one, then the one-year survival rates are higher than 60%. Uh, So we do know that where we are able to get an early response to pancreatic cancer, there are successful things that can be done. The challenge lies, as I said in my answer to Lynne Neagle, as we know, in making that early diagnosis because the symptoms aren't easy to detect and they're masked because they look like they might be a different uh, condition. Now we've done enormous things in Wales over the last five years to increase early diagnosis of cancer. So with over 100 patients who are referred by agp as having suspected cancer 93 of them turn out not to have cancer at all but the reason that, that is a good thing is is that it demonstrates that we have widened by number of people coming into the system in order to get that maximum chance of the earliest possible diagnosis pancreatic cancer is not the easiest cancer by any means to make that work And we now know that where you can make it work, that surgical interventions have a more important part uh, to play. We go on being determined to work with our cancer network here in Wales to improve early detection and diagnosis, and then to put in place the services that respond to that with a maximum clinical effectiveness.
7: Neil Hamilton. Well I accept what the first minister said and the sober and serious answers which he's given to earlier questions in contrast uh, very effectively with the the pantomime that we had at the beginning of questions today. Uh, The fact remains that Wales does have one of the lowest cancer survival rates in the world amongst countries with comparable data for uh, surviving five years. We're 34th out of 36 in the latest figures that I've seen from Pancreatic Cancer UK whose ribbon I'm wearing today. Um, And I'm sure the First Minister will accept from me that uh, if we look back uh, uh, 10, 15 years, uh, we looked at uh, uh, prostate cancer in much the same dim light. But tremendous advances have been made in treatment of of, uh, prostate cancer in that time. And the same could be true with greater priority for pancreatic cancer sufferers as well. Therefore, I know the government has been swift to declare a climate emergency. Uh, I can't understand, therefore, why it's feeling in any way inhibited from doing the same thing for pancreatic cancer, because this is going to make a tremendous difference, potentially, to the lives of a large number of people, given the incredibly distressing uh, uh, news that this uh, brings to people who suddenly find that they are sufferers. And the survival rate for for a month is, is only about 25% or or whatever, for a year is only 25% or or, or so. So the greater the degree of priority the government can give to this, the better it will be.
3: Look, uh, I thank the member for that serious question and I'll I'll try to continue to give him a serious answer. The reason why I think um, we are reluctant to pick a particular form of cancer and to declare that an emergency... Is that for every patient who has a diagnosis of every form of cancer, that is an emergency in their lives. And we have been reluctant, I think, for very good reasons, uh, to go down a route in which we have a hierarchy uh, of different conditions, in which we try and pick out a particular condition and try to say that it is somehow more important and more significant than another. Uh, condition. That's not to say that I don't understand the case uh, that is made because of the very particular impact that this cancer and the difficulties of early diagnosis uh, have. So I'm not for a minute dismissing the case that is made, but in a serious answer, that's the reason why we've been reluctant to go down that uh, route. Pancreatic cancer for anybody who is suffering from it is an emergency, but so is somebody who has a liver cancer or a lung cancer or a breast cancer. And I'm reluctant to say that one form of cancer is somehow more urgent or more of an emergency than another because, from the patient's point of
15: view, I really don't think it looks like that.
5: Yeah.
1: Question six, Alan
3: Davis.
15: Will the First Minister make a statement on the work of a Valleys Task Force in Blinai Gwent?
3: Uh, thank the member for that question. The Gwent Valleys Task Force initiatives includes £500,000 to establish Park Brynbach as a gateway site for the Valleys Regional Park. At the same time, the areas will benefit from the Foundational Economy Challenge Fund, the Empty Homes Grant, and in the new year, the integrated responsive bus pilot planned for Blaina Gwent.
15: I'm grateful to you, First Minister, for that uh, response, and also to the the Deputy Economy Minister who's been leading on uh, many of those initiatives. I'm also grateful to the Economy Minister um, for his words and, and, and meetings in this last week about developments with TALIS and with TVR. Um, the Welsh Government has committed significant resources and made a number of statements on supporting the investment in TVR and supporting the, um, the growth of uh, the TALIS uh, presence in Eberville. And We're all um, very pleased to see those investments taking place with within the borough, but we're also looking at the overall framework of Tech Valleys. and It's important that the commitment that was made by this Government to £100 million investment over the coming decade to change completely the economic future not just of Blainey Gwent but of the whole of the Heads of the Valleys region is delivered and that we can see those elements of delivery falling into place um, over the coming, uh, the coming period. First Minister, c- can you um, outline to us how you expect um, tech valleys to be developing over the coming 12 months and the investments that you anticipate seeing being delivered um, in that time frame? Uh, so with, uh, thank Alan
3: Davis uh, for that and for the continued interest, of course, that he takes uh, in these matters. He will know uh, that I, together with uh, Ken Skates, met with senior figures from Thales uh, on Monday of last week, including the Chief Executive Officer of Thales uh, UK. And they were very keen to talk about what they have already achieved through their presence in Ebu Vale. It was very encouraging indeed to hear of the work that they are doing with young women, uh, in particular in schools in that area, and the very deliberate efforts which they make as a company to make sure that the jobs of the future that they will create are genuinely gender agnostic and are as equally available to young women as they are to uh, young men. And they've taken, as the member will know, some very practical actions to make sure that that can happen. Uh, they did talk to me about further investments that they hope that we will be able to make alongside them to go on making the national cyber security. Uh, centre, a vibrant part of that local economy, remembering that South East Wales has the greatest concentration of cyber security companies anywhere in the United uh, Kingdom, and attracting very real interest from international investors in that uh, as well. As for uh, TVR, we continue to work closely uh, with that company. I was very pleased to see that they took part in the Automotive Forum, the major meeting of the Forum that we held last week as part of the Aston Martin uh, formal uh, opening. Uh, There is money available from the Welsh Government to invest alongside TVR in premises, uh, in the Blyna Gwent area. We need the company to be in a strong position to guarantee that they are also able to put on the table the private investment that is necessary to make a success of the investment and infrastructure uh, that uh, infrastructure investment that we would make uh, as uh, a government uh, those discussions are being led uh, as Alan Davis uh, said uh, by the deputy minister and I know that he is happy to meet and give you a more detailed briefing of where the discussions with TVR uh, have currently reached
5: question
1: Question seven, Angela Burns. uh,
5: Good afternoon, First Minister. What action is the Welsh Government taking to tackle the inequality in broadband speeds in West Wales?
3: Uh, Thank the Member. Uh, Although provision of broadband is not a devolved matter, uh, the Welsh Government has stepped in uh, to protect Welsh citizens from market failure. Over £32 million has been invested, for example, in providing over 111,000 premises across West Wales, with average broadband speeds of 82 megabits per second.
5: Thank you for that. Although I have to say that your efforts to protect broadband speeds haven't been altogether successful. A report released by Consumer Group U-Switch last week reinforced the discrepancy between broadband speeds. For example, in Penford, the slowest average download speeds were recorded, which meant a two-hour Netflix HD film would take more than 11 hours to download. However, in, West, um, in Clare Walk in Pembroke, that same film could be d- downloaded in just a mere 11 minutes. And My concern about this is because, as we know, broadband speeds are vital for health, for education, um, for, for communications for entertainment. You have had serious sums of money and I note that in the Labour Manifesto you're offering free broadband to all in your Christmas festive getaway. But what can you do to ensure that the money that you've been given by Westminster for these projects already um, are, are um, I'm going to ignore the squeaks in the background, are are actually ensure that we have broadband fit for purpose? we have had loads of money.
3: Uh, shall we? The Welsh Government is not given money by the UK Government for this purpose because this is a non-devolved responsibility. So the Member's... Chance questions will be much better directed at those who are responsible for this matter. What the Welsh Government uh, has done is to use money provided to us for other purposes and money that we get from the European Union to make good the failure uh, of the Conservative Government to address the matters, the real, the very proper matters which the member uh, has raised. She is quite right to say that the Labour Party in our manifesto makes proposals that would address the difficulties that the member has identified. Under the current universal service obligation, we have a position in Wales which is not universal. It is certainly not an obligation. In some parts of Wales, it's barely a service. Uh, the Labour Party and our manifesto recognises that in the future, broadband will not be have a nice-to-have service or an accessory. It will be an important utility and ought to be treated as a universal service. Uh, we will invest uh, to make sure that those, com- those communities right across Wales who rely on... Broadband for their businesses and for their homes will have it under a Labour government. And people in Wales who are interested in that, and who have heard what the Member uh, says, will know who they have to vote for in order to get it.
5: Question 8, Mohammed.
3: Question
1: 8, Mohamed officer, What action will the Welsh
3: Government take to improve cancer
7: survival uh, rates in 2020?
3: Sorry, these actions are set out in the cancer delivery plan for Wales. They include a focus on early detection and the introduction of a single cancer pathway. In that way, we can continue to improve cancer survival rates in Wales.
7: Thank you for the answer, Minister, but the fact is diagnosing people at the earliest stage is critical to giving patients the best chance of surviving cancer. However, all but one health board in Wales are struggling to recruit and retain radiographers. Approximately one in 10 nurse endoscopy posts are vacant with some Boards having to bring in teams from England to clear backlogs. First Minister, what action are you taking to increase the clinical training places in line with the present and future patient need in Wales, please?
3: Mr. I said uh, earlier in answer to another question that the Welsh Government has now for six years in a row invested every year more money in the training of our clinical and uh, professions allied to medicine so that we have the workforce we need here uh, in Wales and that certainly includes an increase in the number of radiographers in training. But as well as having more people coming uh, into training, you also have to create the conditions in which those people are able to exercise and to develop their skills so that they are able to do the very skilled and necessary uh, work in the health service. That's why we have created the Digital Academy uh, here in Wales, in the CUMTAV area. Uh, It provides a place where radiography can be uh, not simply improved in terms of the numbers of people going into it, but where we are able to create the conditions in which that very specialist skill, which is developing all the time, will be done differently in the future, where the workforce of the future can be created.
1: Thank you First Minister and the next item is questions to the Deputy Minister Jane Hutt and the first question is from David Melby.
14: The Deputy Minister make a statement on the implementation of the Violence Against Women, Domestic Abuse and Sexual Violence Act 2015.
16: The Wales Audit Office report and the 2019 White Ribbon Campaign have highlighted the need to implement the Violence Against Women, Domestic Abuse and Sexual Violence Wales Act rigorously across the public sector in Wales, in partnership with specialist services.
14: Minister, as you know, the Auditor General has said that victims and survivors uh, face a fragmented system that is inconsistent, complex and short-term. And he says that uh, progress on delivering on the key aspects of the Act is poor and has not had the desired impact. And he calls for effective collaboration and joint work in, in key Areas and that uh, uh, we must redouble our efforts to ensure that there is this sort of coordinated uh, approach. Now, I think it's very important the government uh, reacts to this uh, very considered criticism because there is cross-party support to improve services in this vital area. And as we make so many gains in how the public reject any talk of uh, accepting uh, domestic violence as, as in any way a norm, And we've seen our emergency services respond, police magnificently as well, in changing their systems and how they deal with these issues. We've got to ensure that that the services that we then provide the survivors and victims um, is is the best it can possibly be. Now, I know we can't get there um, overnight, but it is important that we look at this very, very carefully to ensure that we do get better services.
16: And I thank David Malding for raising this question today, and you will be aware of my written statement on the twenty fifth of November, where the report did show the, uh, that the Wales Audit Office published its report and it did show that the Act is improving services across Wales, but clearly there is more to do. I think it's important that the Act that the WAO report says the Act is helping to drive the transformation of violence against women, domestic abuse and sexual violence services, and that it's been critical in driving change. But of course this actually involves not just the Welsh Government in the lead, but local authorities, local health boards, setting their clear strategies for awareness raising prevention and regionalisation, and, and also making sure that they do focus on uh, addressing underperformance and setting strategic equality objectives. So this groundbreaking piece of Made in Wales legislation is helping to drive transformation services, but clearly we have to address the
17: recommendations. Leanne Wood. I want to raise with you a case concerning a 14-year-old girl who was sexually assaulted. The perpetrator pleaded guilty and in September received a sentence of 24 months' imprisonment suspended for two years a sexual harm prevention order was made for 10 years, and he he was also ordered to register as a sex offender for 10 years. The suspended sentence has resulted in this convicted paedophile being allowed to return to his home less than 300 feet away from the family home of the victim. His continued presence is making the whole family, but particularly the vulnerable teenage girl, feel intimidated, unsafe and unable to move on. The whole family are undertaking counselling and mental health support to come to terms with what has happened, but the ongoing daily traumatic reminders of what happened means recovery is nigh on impossible. This is not justice, this is an outrage. It's because of cases like this that I want to see the criminal justice system devolved. Surely we would put victim protection, child safeguarding and public safety at the heart of a Welsh-run criminal justice system. We have legislation in Wales that should offer protection to the child victim in this case and others in a similar situation. The Violence Against Women, Domestic Abuse and Sexual Violence Wales Act 2015 should be one option to provide protection. Furthermore, the Wellbeing of Future Generations Wales Act 2015 makes it clear that wellbeing includes the right to be free from abuse and in being in control of your day-to-day life. The convicted perpetrator in this case needs to be moved before any more harm can be done. This girl should not have to face her abuser every single day. Deputy Minister, what hope can you offer to the family that I met this week? Again,
16: I thank Leanne Wood for bringing this to our attention in, uh, in this chamber today. Clearly, we have responsibilities in terms of safeguarding our children from child sexual abuse and exploitation and indeed we are um, developing and consulting on the statutory guidance but it is also a uh, responsibility clearly of the, the justice system and I'm, I will also make sure that this case is raised at the highest level in terms of our police and police and crime commissioners. Question: die, Andrew.
1: Question 2, Andrew RTD. Presiding Officer, will
7: the Deputy Minister make a statement on action taken by the Welsh Government to tackle illegal traveller sites in Wales?
16: The Housing Wales Act 2014 makes clear local authorities need to provide adequate authorised gypsy and traveller residential and transit sites. In 2013, we published guidance on managing unauthorised camping on roles, responsibilities and rights to ensure a fair and consistent approach to dealing with unauthorised encampments.
7: Thank you, Minister, for that answer. In the Republic of Ireland, they've put in place measures that obviously assist local authorities and the enforcement agencies from moving on illegal sites. Uh, Have you given any consideration to the effectiveness of such provision here in Wales? And secondly, uh, very often when illegal sites do develop, there's a huge clean-up bill that local ratepayers have to pick up on. Uh, What measures have the Welsh Government given to consider the strengthening of local powers uh, to retrieve some of the costs back from the illegal travellers who've set up sites? Uh, and yet it's local ratepayers who end up picking the tab for the mess.
16: I have, as I said, uh, we have published, of course, the Managing Unauthorised Camping Guidance in 2013, and it does set out our clear expectations of how public authorities will resolve such encampments. And also, it is important that we consider the proportionality of any actions resolving encampments, weighing the rights and obligations of all involved. I have to say that the Welsh Government supports consistent, humane and effective resolution of unauthorised camping, respecting the rights to a nomadic lifestyle of gypsies and travellers and the rights of the wider community. And and, and certainly we're very concerned, I was very concerned about the consultation, the recent consultation that was published by the UK Government. Uh, It is something where we will be responding to that consultation, urging the UK government to think again and to adopt our approach. Question 3, Diloid.
1: Question 3, Diloid. Thank you, Sir. Will the Deputy Minister make a statement on improving community safety in Swansea?
16: Brian Commander Our
1: Safer Communities is taking forward recommendations arising from the Community Safety in Wales report produced by the Wales Audit Office. It does so via a multi-agency approach with key partners.
16: Thank you very much for that wonderful response, Minister.
14: That Swansea High Street has struggled over recent times with regards to crime in the area, in terms of drug use, prostitution, theft and violence problems um, been for months, years really, 75 crimes were recorded in the months of September and October alone. Now, given that you as Welsh Government have a key role to play both in terms of community safety and regeneration and supporting initiatives like uh, treating drug and alcohol misuse, homelessness, rough sleeping and victim protection, what more are you planning to do in conjunction with South Wales Police and Swansea Council to tackle this problem on one of Swansea's
15: key gateways?
16: Well, the Welsh government is committed to making our communities safer. It has to be joint action that is taken to reduce uh, uh, antisocial uh, behaviour and crime. Not directly devolved matters, but uh, our, we have responsibilities to make sure that everything, we can do everything in our power to make people of Wales safer and feel safer. We are of course, embedding a public health approach at the heart of our programme. I chaired the latest meeting of the Policing Partnership Board for Wales. For example, we focused last week on substance misuse, um, which, of course, is, a, is an issue as you have raised. And I think the operation Spectre, during uh, the period of 1st of July to 30th of September this year, including a Swansea task force uh, in terms of dealing with substance misuse. But this is Clearly, Swansea Bay, um, critical incident group uh, that's also looking at these issues is crucially important. But we are taking forward the recommendations rising the Wales audit office report on community safety, as I said, via this multi-agency approach. Susie Davis.
4: Uh, um, I wonder, Deputy Minister, if I can just push you a little bit further on that, because as you know, um, fairly recently, uh, South Wales Police, uh, in order to try and combat... Uh, Street prostitution in particular on Swansea High Street have introduced with some controversy uh, the public protection orders. Uh, The result of this perhaps predictably is that both the women and those who exploit them have simply moved elsewhere. Um, I wonder if you can give us uh, a little bit of further information about what the task force has recommended because I think it should be of concern to us all that the police have told us that the, the best way or the only way that they can get the greatest intervention to support these women against exploitation is actually to arrest them, which I think is probably uh, a, a sort of a hammer to a up there. What can you tell us about the, the devolved services that you have access to that can help um, the women and of course some, some men as well um, out of this trap without the prerequisite of an arrest?
16: Well, I'm also very grateful, Susie Davis, that you've raised that issue about vulnerabilities as well, particularly of women in this situation. And and clearly, there is a a balance to be struck here about addressing issues such as substance misuse and the impact of that uh, that I've outlined in Operation Spectre. But it is clearly the responsibility, not just of the local authority and health board, uh, but also, uh, and I have to say, this takes me to the female offending blueprint in terms of how we can intervene and seek uh, to support women in this situation and look at the sort of safer Wales approach uh, to uh, uh, ensuring that safety on the streets is for those who are most vulnerable and that the Swansea Bay issues are being dealt with on a multi-agency basis.
1: Question Question 4, Jenny Rothbard.
12: Will the Deputy Minister make a statement on advice services in Cardiff?
16: The Welsh Government has a long standing commitment to supporting the provision of advice services. Our grant funding ensures that some of the most vulnerable people in Cardiff and throughout Wales access the advice and support they need to resolve problems with their housing debts or welfare benefits.
12: Um, debt is obviously a, a rising concern um, in the current situation. We, we know from the Wales and the Red report earlier this year that Cardiff, as our biggest city, has also got the highest concentration of debt. Um, nearly 200,000 people across Wales are grappling with severe debts and another 200,000 already showing signs of financial distress. And unfortunately, this is the time of year when people are being encouraged to spend money they haven't got. But nevertheless, the main causes of people getting into serious debt are reduced income as a result of the gig economy we now have to uh, grapple with as well as illness or injury and unemployment which are very difficult to mitigate against as people um, normally have no idea that this is coming. Um, terrifyingly, uh, I read that this means many are using credit cards um, to cover caps in their daily living costs and we also know that cuts to in-work and out-of-work benefits over the last nine years under this Tory austerity government are a major factor. Um, People in severe debt in my constituency often find the problem so overwhelming they are slow to come forward um, to get advice. Um, How is the Welsh Government ensuring that people can get easy access to debt advice services when they get into such difficulties?
16: I thank uh, thank Jenny Rathbone for that important question. It's it's an issue also that I've been raising, uh, certainly locally in Cardiff and Vale, in terms of uh, the role of the credit union as well as advice services in uh, providing affordable loans leading up to Christmas. And that that can indeed uh, avert and prevent the rise of debt uh, at this particular time of the year. But I think uh, advice services are crucial in terms of uh, delivering not just uh, access in terms of the offices available by Cit- Cardiff and Vale Citizens Advice, but also um, locating within the heart of communities um, when people do struggle to access advice, um, particularly around debt services. It, they have to be de- delivered at the heart of their communities to reach Uh, the people who need them. But I would say that last year alone the services, Cardiff and Vale, uh, particularly uh, in terms of uh, their service, helped over three and a half thousand people resolve problems uh, relating specifically to social welfare issues. And what is crucial in terms of preventing debt is that actually that includes generating income gains of of more than four and a half million. David Melding.
14: Uh, Minister, I think it's very important that we value the role of the voluntary sector in particular in advice giving because, as you said, uh, they're at the heart of communities. They're accessed by people uh, more readily very often. And it's very important, I think, that we continue to support organisations that have this uh, function and that uh, that the city as well realises how important that... uh, uh, Given uh, uh, help to voluntary organisations through uh, an element of core funding or funding them for advice service? Is money well spent?
16: Uh, I thank uh, David Melding for that question. And what's important in terms of the uh, single advice fund arrangement, single advice grant funding that I've awarded to providers, is that although there are lead providers, like in this, in this uh, circumstance, Cardiff and Vale citizens Advice uh, for. In answer to this question, they also have advice partners and access partners as well, other partners in the voluntary sector.
1: Thank you, Deputy Minister. The next item is the business statement and announcement.